Thanks to Hannah. I do have a few hats. It's okay, it's not clinically uh, diagnosed yet. Maybe close. Uh, yeah, welcome to crew. If you guys are here for the first time, sometimes we've got some new people coming in the beginning of the semester checking us out. So if this is your first time at crew, we're really glad you're here. Uh, sometimes we like to describe crew as a, a caring community, passionate about connecting people to Jesus Christ. Uh, and so that's, that's what we strive to be. We want to be a very uh, uh, welcoming community where people feel cared for as, as they walk in the door. Uh, not just here, but in our studies and our uh, different events, like the volleyball tournament, things like that. People feel um, really comfortable and welcomed. Uh, and a safe place for you to explore your faith uh, and understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. Um, so, yeah, my name is Paul Ronald. I've been on staff with the Lacrosse Area Crew uh, for just over 10 years now. Uh, so, um, there's actually a team of like 15 of us who are on staff with Crew. Uh, might just might seem kind of weird. Who's this old guy up on stage talking to a bunch of college students? Uh, but yeah, there's about 15 of us. Some of us are full time, some are part time, some are uh, just graduated as interns. Some of us have been on staff for 10, 15 years. So uh, if you're curious on how that works or what what's the deal with these staff people, feel free to come talk to me afterwards. Uh, I'll help you tell you a little more about it. Um, but yeah, I've lived here in Lacrosse for about 10 years now. I've got one beautiful wife and four cute kids. Uh, I think I got a picture up there somewhere. There you go. Uh, yeah, they're pretty adorable. So um, if you want to know the names, come talk to them there. They're, they're a little crazy as well. Um, but yeah, uh, having four kids, we just transitioned before this summer. Um, there's life is lots of lots of everything right now. <laughs> so there's it's lots of fun, lots of tiredness, lots of giggles, lots of screams, just lots. Right now, so uh, that's kind of life with four kids uh, under seven years old. Uh, but I love it. It's it's a lot of fun. I love being a dad. I wanted to be a dad. I don't know. I was, I was a little kid, but uh, it's 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 a fun job, fun gig. Uh, I would recommend it. Um, not not yet though. Not yet. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I also want to intro our series a little bit. So it was alluded to earlier, but we're starting this this series to start off the semester a four week series uh, called MythBusters. So uh, maybe you guys remember that old show uh, where stuff gets blown up. That's pretty awesome. Look, look it up on Netflix if you haven't seen it. Uh, that's pretty small, but so I'll read it. So MythBusters, myth uh, what we want to do is, is tackle some common misunderstandings about what, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so every week we're going to kind of come in with a different issue or, or a different thought that a lot of people might think is true uh, about Christianity or what it means to be uh, a follower of Christ. Uh, but might not actually be, be accurate to, to what it actually means. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, come out for the next few weeks. Um, uh, it should, should be interesting. I'm excited to, to hear what the other speakers have to say as well. Um, so yeah, we, we gather up uh, our views and information about God, about Jesus, and Christianity from a variety of different places. Uh, some of these places might not be, be as reliable as others. Um, if you ask like 10 people what they believe, it means to be a Christian, you might actually get 10 different answers. Uh, that's actually a pretty common question I try to ask students, and what, what, do you, what do you think it means to be a Christian? Uh, I think that's kind of a buzzword in our culture, or in, at least in kind of the church world. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Okay, well, what, what does that actually mean? Um, you might get a lot of different answers from people. Um, so we're gonna try to tackle some of these uh, uh, misunderstandings of what it actually means to be a Christian. So tonight, I want to tackle uh, the myth that 
isn't a general belief in God enough? So a lot of times people um, try to say something like, um, uh, being a Christian is simply believing, believing in God. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that that is wrong. Like, yes, that's, that's I think, where we need to start. Um, that's definitely a part of it. Uh, but I think we need to kind of break that down. Like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by God? Who is God to you? Uh, what do you what do you mean that you believe in Him? How does that affect your life? Um, kind of getting down to down to the root of it. Uh, there's even this verse uh, in in James. Uh, we're sitting in James over at Western Tech uh, this semester. Um, but James two nineteen says, "You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder." Uh, so obviously, demons are not Christians, right? I mean. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. No, no they're not. Okay. Uh, so even the, the, even demons believe that, that there's one God. Okay. So to just claim that oh I believe in God, okay, that, that's good. That's a good, good place to start. There's uh, a lot of people that might might agree with you on that. Uh, but there's probably a bit a bit more to it. Uh, and I believe the Bible is a little bit more specific about what it means to, to be a Christian. Uh, and the answer is really in in the name. Uh, kind of a, a, an easy way of, okay, what is, it, what's the word? It's Christian. Uh, Christ is right at the center of it. So Christianity uh, at its core is about, about Christ, about Jesus Christ. Who he is, what he has done for you, and what you are to do in response to who he is and what he's done. Um, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what Christianity at its core is. Who is, who is Jesus Christ? Uh, and Jesus actually challenged his disciples with this very thing. There's a passage I want to look, look at in a minute, but I'm just going to pray for us as we begin the word together. Lord, thank you so much for the chance to gather here. Uh, I don't want to take it for granted that we get to gather in a room this size on a public university uh, to proclaim our faith in you and learn more about you and open your scriptures uh, to learn more about you. So thank you that we can, we can gather um, and learn more about you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. May the reality of who you are become more clear in our eyes by the end of the night. So, Lord, I pray that your word would uh, ring true in our ears uh, as we say it. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first place I want to look is Mark, uh, Mark 8, 27 to 29. Uh, it says this, Jesus and his disciples uh, went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, uh, he, me and Jesus, asked them, who do people say that I am? Uh, and they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ. So let, let's, let's imagine tonight that, that Jesus is asking you that question tonight. That he's asking you, who, who do people say that I am? You might answer, well, my mom says you're this, my professor says this. My roommate says this, a guy at crew says this, um, and Jesus responds, yeah, uh-huh, okay, gotcha, yeah, but what about why owe you? What, what do you believe? Who do you believe that I am? Jesus didn't let his disciples off the hook, and he's not going to let us off the hook as well. He wants to get personal with us. He, he doesn't want just a vague, general, yeah, I believe in God. He wants to know, what do you actually believe? Who do, who do you say that I am? That's what he's getting at with the disciples in this passage. That's what he really wants 
from us. He wants a response to us on that. Uh, he wants to know who you believe he is, uh, honestly. And, and this question is at the core of Christianity. It's what it's, what it's all about, what we're talking about. It's not a vague belief in God or being a good person. It's all about who Jesus actually is and do we choose to believe it. Uh, and it's not even openly about uh, what, what I feel is true. There's not, there's not my Jesus or your Jesus or my truth and your truth. There, there's, just, there's just Jesus. He, he is who he is. And are we choosing to believe that and, believe, and align ourselves to, to what he says uh, or, or not? Uh, so to find out who he truly is, we must look, look to the Bible, which is, which is God's word. Uh, so from here, I want to look at uh, one passage kind of for the rest of the night. Uh, so we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. Now if you, if you open, your, open your Bible or, or pull up your Bible app to this passage, the title of this, this little section of scripture, uh, Colossians 1, 15 to 23, um, you might have a different kind of title to the, to the, to the section. So I have, I have a list of a few of these up here. Um, the first one is the supremacy of the Son of God. If you read the NIV, that's what you're going to see. The supremacy of the Son of God. Uh, supremacy uh, just means the state or condition of being superior to all others in authority, power, or status. Uh, if uh, you like the ESV, you might, you might get this. The preeminence of Christ. Preeminent means surpassing all others, very distinguished in some way. Uh, NASB says the in, incomparable Christ, without an equal in quality or extent or matchless. Um, then I threw, I, there, there's one other translation uh, that says the utter dopeness of Christ. That's the P-O-S-H-V, Paul's only semi-heretical version. So if you want to say out, I'll give you a copy there. Um, next we got the centrality of Christ, that's, that's the CSB. The Christian Standard Bible. Uh, centrality just means the quality of being essential, being essential or of the greatest importance. Uh, and then lastly, just kind of hit it on the nose, Christ is supreme. That's from the NLT. Supreme is just superior, superior to all So these are a lot of, a lot of big words, meaning a lot of things. Uh, but to sum it all up, it, it just means that Jesus is awesome. Okay, that's, that's the title of this section. Jesus is awesome. Uh, so that's what we're reading about tonight. Uh, so Colossians 1, 15 through 20 uh, says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have a supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So this, this passage really highlights who Jesus is. It lays, lays it out to us in all, in all its glory, uh, in all his glory, of who, who Jesus Christ really is. Um, and the first thing that's, that stands out to me as I read this passage is, is this little phrase, in, in him. It actually happens three times over the course of only four verses. Um, first, it starts out in verse 16. It says, in him all things were created. 
So this, this, is, this is a crazy, profound statement. In him, all things were created. Um, you might be familiar from, with this passage in, in John 1. It's a little bit more, more common. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything made that was made. So everything was made through Jesus. Jesus is the word. He, he created, created all things. Um, just, uh, it just blows my mind. From the, from the largest uh, galaxy to the, to the smallest atom, um, and then everything in between, God um, created it through, through Jesus. That he, was, he was there at the beginning. He fashions every single one of our cells and creates us um, in, in, him, in his image. Um, so I want to take a, a, a quick sidetrack. I got a little picture of a, a, a little critter up here. So I'm, I'm kind of a, my wife and I are, are kind of nature documentary nerds. Uh, we don't really actually know a whole lot about nature and biology. We just like watching these shows like Planet Earth, um, Blue Planet, stuff like that. We've got like 10 different ones on our shelf at home. But this, this little guy is called an axolotl. Uh, axolotl. Kind of hard to say, but axolotl. So it's a, it's a salamander, a unique Mexican salamander. And, and it, it can actually grow back lost limbs in only a few weeks. It can even regenerate its lungs, heart, spinal cord, and parts of its brain. How crazy is that? This little salamander. Uh, I just feel like, so one of the, one of the reasons we like watching these nature shows is it's, it's kind of a spiritual experience for us. Uh, if, you, if you're viewing it through the right, right lens. So sometimes we'll, we'll do this on Sunday afternoon, we'll just turn on one of these and take a nap. Uh, but it, it's, they're, they're more interesting than that, but it's just, it's Sunday afternoon. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a way for us to really just learn more about who God is and his, his creative nature, that, that God made all of these things. Jesus, uh, uh, creator of heaven and earth, has made these tiny little creatures that have all these crazy little facts about them. Um, so anyway, yeah, just sidetracking, Jesus awesome, creativity. Um, also, this passage says, not only are things created through him, all things are created for him. So that means you and I were created for him, for his glory. Uh, that's another really profound statement. Uh, a lot of times, I'll talk to people and they're, and they're, they're wrestling with, what, what am I, I going to do with my life? Even the big question, like, what are we here for? What's the meaning and purpose of life? This, this is it. Like we were, we were made for Him, for, for His glory, to honor Him. So whatever we say, whatever we do, whatever actions, whatever career paths we take, we should do it to honor and glorify Jesus, because we were created for Him. We were created by Him, and we were created for Him. That that is that is our purpose. That's that's why we exist. That's why we're sitting in this room today. That's why you guys are taking classes. That's why um, He allowed us. Uh, give us the grace to take another breath when we woke up this morning. Uh, is for him. So the next in him in this passage is uh, in him all things hold together. Uh, another crazy, crazy statement. So he, he is the creator and he's also the uh, sustainer. Uh, we have the ability to breathe right now because of him. This this roof is not caving in over our head on our heads because of him. Like he is the sustainer. Of life, he is the one that allows us to, to function, to um, yeah, to, to, to live live our days. He's he's like 
I, th I think of it sometimes in the in the in a way of like there's these there's laws of nature, uh, and we you know, we have these ways of understanding how the world works, physics and and, and all that. Um, and it's really that's that's Jesus kind of in, in one sense working behind the scenes uh, that he's he's the one holding it holding it all together. And I'm not trying to just slap a spiritual sticker on on, on science or anything like that. Like this, if. If you think about it, like if, if we were created by him, if we were created for him, he is the one that is going to be the one that sustains us. If I believe that God is sovereign, if I believe that, that Jesus is God, then he is the one that's in control of each and every muscle in our bodies and each and every decision um, and being made, that he is, he is over it all. So he's the sustainer of all things. Acts 17, 28 says, In him we live and move and have our being. Um, the third, uh, third in him in this passage happens a little bit later. So um, it says, "He is before all things; in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have his supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him. So all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. This is saying that, that Jesus is divine." That, that he is fully, fully God. Um, he was fully God and fully, fully man uh, at the same time, which is like, okay, how does that work? I don't know. Uh, but he is, he is fully God. Uh, Jesus was and is divine. Um, going back to that passage in John, John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus isn't this uh, lesser God or or anything like that. He, he, is, he is God in Trinity with the Father and the Holy Spirit. That uh, He is divine in and of Himself. Uh, John 10 30, this is Jesus Himself saying, I and the Father and the Father are one. So all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. Um, when we talk about being, being a Christian, a follower of Christ, this is who we follow. Jesus is the, the creator of all things. The, He's the one that holds all things together, and all the fullness of God dwells dwells within him. I can't I can't really think of anybody better to follow, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, so now that we've established who Jesus is, uh, now last thing I want to do is just turn to look at uh, what he has done uh, done for us. So what what Jesus has done done for you? Uh, the passage continues, uh, verse twenty one. It says, "Once you were alienated from God." and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, establish and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So this passage lays out what Jesus has, has done for us. This is kind of the, the, even the, maybe the process of, of becoming a Christian in some ways. Uh, we start off alienated, so that's verse 21. Uh, alienated pretty much just means uh, cut off or separated uh, from a person or a group of people. You're alienated from someone or something. Um, and unfortunately, this is how we all start off, uh, as, as enemies of God. Um, and I remember... Uh, just kind of a personal connection with this. So uh, when my first daughter was born, uh, this is almost yeah, seven, seven years, years ago now, she, um, was, yeah, our first, our first child 
right after she was born, I got I got pretty sick, like I had the flu or some bad cold or something like that. Um, but I, I couldn't be I couldn't be around her. I couldn't be around my daughter. I couldn't be around my wife. So this this was actually this was pretty terrible timing. Um, not only does my wife need help at this point, uh, but the only thing I wanted to do was just hold my my brand new baby daughter. Um, but I couldn't. I was I, I had to, in one sense, be kind of quarantined away from her. I slept on the couch and I couldn't hold her for like three days. Um, but I just remember feeling really isolated, like, ah, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be here. Um, but looking back on it, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's just a tiny glimpse of like, this is what alienation looks like, being alienated from God. That um, I want to be with them, I want to be with her, uh, but I can't. My, my sickness has separated me from, from her, from, from my daughter and my wife. Uh, and I need to be healed in order to have that relationship restored, in order to, to, to love them and care for them and, and be with them. So that's where we start off, alienated. Um, Romans 3.23 says, all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're, we're, all, we're all in the same boat. We're all messed up. Nobody's perfect. We're all alienated uh, from God. But thankfully that's not where the, the story or the passage ends. Verse 22 Says, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. So, so reconciled is is just to be to be restored into relationship. Um, it comes from uh, uh, the word conciliate. Conciliate means to, to make friendly or to appease. So to reconciliate or to reconcile is to, to make make friendly again. To, to um, reestablish our relationship. And so this is what Jesus does here. He accomplishes this reconciliation for, for us. Um, through death, through Christ's death on the cross, we can be reconciled to God. Um, I love this passage in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. It kind of lays out how, how we are reconciled to God. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I've heard people refer to this as the, as the great exchange. It's like the greatest trade in the history of history. Like all of my sins traded for all his, all his righteousness. He gets all the bad, I get all, all the good. Um, I was trying to think of like, I'm, I'm a big sports fan, so I was trying to think of like more and more lopsided trades in, in history. Uh, I thought of uh, when the Packers traded for Brett Favre, they traded like a first round pick for Brett Favre. And he played for him for 20 years and is in the Hall of Fame. So, very lopsided. This is even better trade than that, if you can believe that package, man. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's a great history, a great exchange. Um, and through verse 20, this, so picking it back up in the passage, uh, Colossians 1 20 says, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the Shed on the cross. So he made peace through his blood. By his death, we are healed. He, he took the pain uh, and the punishment that we deserve. We deserve that separation. We deserve that, that spiritual death to be separated from God for, a moment, for all, all eternity in hell. Uh, he took our penalty on, uh, on, on his shoulders. He died the death that we deserved. Um, and we get the reward that he, he deserved. Uh, um, so the passage finishes up. So um, reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, 
without blemish and free from accusation. So um, for those, those um, who are followers of Christ, this is our current status, that we are now holy in God's sight. Um, holy pretty much just means righteous, pure, right. Uh, sometimes people say set apart. Uh, you're in right standing with God. So once we're reconciled with God, we are seen by him as holy, righteous, forgiven. Um, our record of wrongs has now been exchanged with his, his clean record. So he, when, when God sees us, he no longer sees our, our, our sin and our guilt. He sees um, Christ's record. He sees uh, his, his perfection, his holiness uh, lived out on our, on our behalf. Um, yeah, he sees Christ in his, his holy, spotless record. Different parts in the Bible talks about this idea of putting on Christ. As Christians, we're to put on Christ. Uh, and that's what this is talking about. It's, it's this idea of, like, we, when God sees us, he now doesn't see all our sin and our guilt. He sees our, 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 our holiness that was accomplished and, and bought for us on the cross through Jesus Christ. Um, so that's what, what Jesus has done, done for us, done for me, done for, done for you. Um, so how I want to end it is just this last section. What, what is Jesus calling us to do in response? So uh, I want to yeah, finish with these, just these two simple questions. Uh, if you guys want to take a picture of the screen, this is something I really want you guys to maybe even wrestle with a little bit. Um, these two questions. Who, who do you believe Jesus is? Like, actually, really, right now, who do you believe Jesus is? And does your life reflect who you believe Jesus is? So it is, is my life reflecting the, the beliefs that I'm holding to? That if I really believe Jesus is all of these things in this passage, um, is my life being lived in reflection of that? Um, or, or is it not? Uh, I think that's something we need, we need to look at and, and, and really question for ourselves. Um, so I want to give you guys a couple minutes to, to think about this. I'm going to uh, flip one more screen, um, and there's, there's this link. I'd, I'd love for you guys all to go to pull out your phones, open your browser, and go to this link. So one of the things we like to do at, at Cruise, as well as is do these comment cards every once in a while. Uh, part, so part of this, I want the, the couple of questions on here are those two questions that I just asked you guys. Uh, so we want to give you like, like two minutes. Sam's going to play a little music and, and give you a chance to kind of think, think about that. Uh, a little bit and, and process that. There's also uh, a couple spots in there to give any kind of feedback, or if you want to, you want to connect with one of the staff or one of the leaders to talk a little bit more about this. This idea of like, this idea of who Jesus is, this idea of, of, of what He's done for us, and really what we need to do, or called to do in response to who He is and what He's done for us. Um, so take a couple minutes uh, and, and fill fill that out. Um, we love, yeah, just pick, pick comments on, on your own, fill that out. Sam's going to play, and the band's going to come up in a few minutes. Um, I'm going to pray for us real quick as, as we transition that. God, thank you so much for, the, for your word that, that guides us in, into all truth, that we can know who you are um, through uh, your, your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for what you've done for us, that you died on the cross to pay for our sins. We can have a relationship with you. Um, faith in you, that you uh, are calling us to, to believe in you, to trust in you. So Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. You um, may convict us of what might need to change or, or what, what, do I, what do we really believe about who you are and does my life look like that. So but thanks again for, 
for our lives to be here tonight. Praise your name. Amen. Take a couple minutes to fill that out, and the man will, man will be on the transition. Up.